Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now here's your host, Tim Kilroy. I am here with Lisa Miller of Three Web Media. Did I get that right? Because we just Three Media Web. Every, Three Media Web. Oh, yeah. Three Media Web. Come on. Yeah. What is on your shirt there? Uh, it says, "I am." I saw a beautiful, strong. Yeah. Um, so this shirt is from an event I went to last night for homelessness for women. It was called the She for She event, and it's from a nonprofit called Heading Home. So we went to that event last night, and we got the shirts, and I wear it proudly today. <laughs> All right, that is awesome, and uh, and I do want to touch on on your um, on on what you do when you are not uh, the queen of of creating uh, creating web solutions for unsexy companies. Um, <laughs> How do you know uh, that's what we do? <laughs> you told me, I I know you. Um, but I also want to talk, I do want to, I, I do want to touch on what you do with Fresh Start. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause that's, cause really what this podcast, this podcast is about agency people mm-hmm. who are great at their jobs and are, have, are, have interesting, you know, solutions and they've, they've, they have success or a viewpoint, but it's all so it's about them as people. And the things mm-hmm. that they want to do, because I really do think that people in the agency world, because they straddle this weird space between clients and technology and message and media, you know, that we are uh, like we're a pretty facile bunch and we, we kind of spread out lots of places. And I actually think it's, it's the people in the agency world that make it really interesting more so than tactics and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyways. All right. So. Lisa, why don't you why don't you give us uh, the the thirty thousand foot view of of your company and what you do? And I didn't say your company because I'm gonna put I'm gonna in. You're gonna say it backwards again. Yeah, I, I am. I totally <laughs> am because I cannot get that through my feet. That's all right. Um, so we are three media web. Not three web media. <laughs> You're gonna start confusing me, and then I'm gonna start calling it a different name. Um, but we are a digital agency in Hudson, Massachusetts, not too far. Um, from Tim, about a half an hour away, we started as two agencies that um, one agency was a web development agency, the other agency was a web marketing agency and social media agency, so we combined into one agency uh, in 2016. Uh, so since then, we've been operating as a full-service digital agency that offers mid-size to enterprise website development, and, you know, all custom development. Um, support and hosting around everything those clients need on an ongoing basis 
and uh, digital growth for those clients. Or sometimes we do digital growth, clients will come in from that end. But typically our clients are coming in from the design end and going kind of through that process with us. All right. So, so, uh, and you were on the, uh, you were on the social side of that, of that merger, right? That might be a little obvious, huh? Yeah. yeah Cause you were not, you were not a developer. That's for sure. Um, I'm a designer actually <laughs> not a developer, but I am a designer. So, so what made you want to merge your agency with another? Um, well, the clients that I was getting, like most of my business was retainer and then a lot of the icing on the cake was web. So um, the retainers were like the sustainable, you know, really helping me build my agency like pretty easily because the cash flow was so consistent. Yeah, MRR is good. Yeah, but then, you know, the website of it, you know, my clients really needed um, great web solutions. So we were able to provide those up until a certain level because we were basically, we weren't doing custom solutions. So, yeah. you know, for example, one of the projects that, uh, one of the last projects that I did with Three Media Web before we merged, it was um, a biotech company. They had three different divisions. They wanted to do like a merged e-commerce. They wanted to go through like a full rebranding, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that was just not something I really wanted to build a team around, nor did I want to use freelancers that I didn't use every day. Um, so Mark and I just started working on web solutions together. And just got along really great, and we just felt like it would be fun to take the journey together. So that's we basically merged because we really enjoyed working together. That's awesome. That's that's really super. And yeah. and so what has happened? Uh, uh, I, I'm guessing this was like a one plus one equals three kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, did did you accelerate growth when you when you mushed together? Or oh, absolutely, that definitely accelerated growth. <laughs> but you know the other thing was that it forced us to kind of like become a real agency like if we were going to be a digital agency like we needed to grow up a little bit so um you know looking at you know we had to take a step back like work with a consultant and kind of figure out how were we going to rebrand or re you know redesign the business so that we weren't focusing on too many things because me yep. was basically like doing pr and social and and the difference with the clients between three media web and ladybugs are really, really different. Mine were mostly B2C. Our new, you know, our three media web clients were mostly B2B. And we felt we wanted to go the B2B road because we just felt like it was a better fit for where we could really do a good job. You know, there's okay. lots of companies that can do social media and small yep. websites, but there's not a lot of companies that can really service that mid-sized client. You know, and then you step up an agency bigger than ours and the price tag doubles, triples. So we really felt like there was a price niche. So people talk about niching. We felt like there was a price niche yeah. and a product niche and a company size niche. And we wanted to fill that. And that has been, you know, a really great business strategy, but it does take a lot of time to get there. And, you know, there's lots of things you have to think about along the way. And, and I think I sent you a couple of um, subjects, you know, that I wanted to talk about, but positioning and branding were two of those main things to really help us consistently bring in clients in yeah that. so so let's let's yeah. talk about let's talk about that for a little bit so so you've got this like you know you've got this merged um uh you've got this merged agency that has sort of like sort of functionally different dna right because mm -hmm. you were ladybug and social and, <laughs> and you had the development hosts right and so and so we're putting together sort of yin and yang um, mm -hmm. um you know, and marketing and technology together. So, so how, like, how did you, like, how did you wrestle through that 
spot. And, you know, did you pick market first and then brand for that market? Or did you brand and then figure out what market responded to it? Well, we actually didn't really brand right away. I mean, really, the branding's only happened in the last year because I think we really had to work on positioning too. So I think the positioning kind of came first. And those were just like inside business. The couple things were, were, you know, we kind of worked our way through some of the Gina Whitman books, you know, realized a lot of, about ourselves and where our strengths were in the company and how we could like move further based on who we were as individuals, you know. So we pretty soon realized that I was the visionary and Mark was the integrator. And the sooner we could get me out of the business and working on the business, the better off we would be. Yeah, okay. Because we didn't need me in the business, really. We have designers, we have writers, you know, we didn't sure. need me uh, doing that. Right. Uh, so uh, interesting, by the way, that uh, as a point of interest, you actually don't carry a C-level title. You, you have like you're a VP level title, which, you know, I mean, in small companies, it doesn't matter. But it's, it's interesting that, um, or it's unusual in my experience that somebody with a, a V in their title rather than a C in their title is the visionary. And I think that's I'm actually the president. So right, but I, yeah, but I don't really have a title. I guess. yeah, right. You're you're Lisa. I get that. Yeah, I'm just Lisa. I'm the president. People don't really know what I do, but they see my face a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so 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 you you made a distinction between positioning and branding uh, mm-hmm. a second ago. Can can you can you jump through those for just a second? What, what what's the difference for you? Yeah. So positioning was figuring out where we wanted to be in the marketplace you know, what size projects we wanted, um, how we were kind of going to position ourselves to get those projects and um, like defining what those were. And again, you know, going through some of that business learning with the Gino Wickman stuff and figuring out like if I was going to work on the business, how I could position us that way. So part of the positioning that we wanted to do, you know, we needed to bring brand back into that. So, cause part of the positioning, you need to work on your brand. So the positioning came first, the branding came second. I mean, we work still working on branding. We still don't really know exactly who we are as a brand because we're just evolving so much. Um, you know, like this year, I really, really like journey. <laughs> and that's a really big step when you have a, everybody knows three media web, but like you said, you struggled with the three web media and I see that a lot. I want to be three MW. So it's not a huge change. It's not like, a huge people already see 3MW all the time. So it's not like a huge branding change, but I think we do need to grow up in the name, you know, still three media web still sounds like it's a little bit less of a brand than 3MW. So, and to align ourselves to work with the companies we want to work with, I think we need to have a little bit more polished brand. Right. So so let's let, so that, that makes perfect sense, by the way. Thank you. Uh, so, so who are I don't know if that's going to happen, just so you know, but I said it out loud on a podcast. Yeah. So I no, exactly. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, we will have a three-month check-in. Um, uh, and for any domain brokers that are out there, uh, the you know, domain 3MW, uh, I'm, I'm sure it can be yours for somewhere in the neighborhood of like 70000 bucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lisa has her check out, checkbook out right now. Um, so, uh, so, so tell me, tell me who are the customers that you deal with? What, you know, what, what's, what is the, what's the, the, what, what's a great customer for 3MW? Um, so a great, by the way, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that from now on because that, that, that helps me. Okay. For us, a really great customer is a mid-sized company, you know, anywhere from a hundred million to what up, you know, that has probably 
over 100 employees or 100 to 250 or even larger that they have like a marketing department and they have a marketing team but they need an agency to come in and do all the heavy lifting so they need an agency for their web solution they need an agency to like hold their hand through you know if they need to build pages onto it and update it so that support part really yep. comes in and usually that's the marketing team doing that stuff but they don't have technical people on the marketing team so sure. that's why they really rely on an agency and then advice because they don't really know everything you might have a couple people that are in there that are generalists they're typically not going to have specialists in yep. small marketing departments so we kind of come in as the digital growth expert and then help them take like whatever they want to do and make it better. Right. Now, now those, those companies that you, that you serve that are in that a uh, hundred million to whatever, 500 mm -hmm. million range, they're not generally speaking sort of like household names, right? Uh, a few are. So we have like a handful of that. And then we also have a handful that are like under the hundred million too. That might be more popular names. Right. So, so, but but so but but it seems like you have a, a like you have a, a and I don't know if it's an if it's an explicit strategy but you know your your uh, the brands that you work with you know although that they are they're like super high quality brands that that but they're not they're not like fun and whizzy and sexy right and, oh, I mean that's because they're really um, they're not B to C I mean that's right. You know, right, most but even, I mean, but there are B2B brands that are, are, are super, you know, they're, that are, you know, that are fun and whizzy and sexy too. Right. Um, and I just think it's, and, and there's some real benefit, especially when you're a smaller agency to sort of hitting those folks that, that, that clear, that, that, that clearly don't have the, the sort of native intuitive marketing sense to be fun, whizzy, sexy brands, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah, nor do they ever really want to be. <laughs> right. And so, and so, and so, how do you? So, so you're so uh, you know when you're smaller, uh, lots of agencies are sort of the de facto marketing department for for clients. Mm -hmm. uh, but but you are specifically targeting places that have an existing marketing department. How do you work with them? Like, what's you know, like give us you know, give me some 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 ideas about you know. How do you how do you how do you like stick your nose into a marketing department and and be the expert without stepping on toes? We consult with them to figure out what they need help with. And you know, a lot of these I'd say a lot of times mostly they need help with, you know, ads because they're not yeah. ads, ads experts. And so sure. that tightening up that conversion optimization, um, reporting is definitely something that yeah. it can be very, very complex and bringing in the whole technical reporting side of it. Um, like even agencies, even companies that have a lot of reporting, they don't think about a lot of the reporting that we also add on top of that. Sure. Right. So, yeah, right, because most reporting in larger companies tends to be uh, sort of like P&L related, right? Not, mm -hmm. not decision-making growth related, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, okay, so, so but what, what I'm hearing is, is, is that you know, you were coming in uh, as an executional partner, mm -hmm. right? With a with sort of a with a you know with a limited scope of strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And but you're owning that whole strategy, right? You're you know you're essentially saying like, listen, you you have got your trade show, you've got your you know you've got mm -hmm. your your existing channel partnership set up. Let us have 
let us have digital and we will build on your brand, right? Okay. And you know, my business partner said it like yesterday, someone asked us the same question that you asked and his answer was, we want to make the marketing manager or the marketing director look like a rock star to their boss. Sure. That's our job. So they probably take credit for our work. You know, it's not like we're in there trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to help them prove their selves and that using an agency is a really great way to fill in those gaps or to get the elevated expertise that you might not even get if you even hired somebody into another role like that. Right. Right. Cool. Uh, and so, and so, uh, how do you how do you get clients? You know, if if you're dealing with these companies that are, uh, you know, that are sort of, I'm not going to say digitally challenged, but not sort of, they're not digital first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how, how, like, first of all, how do you find them? And secondly, you know, how do you how do you prove out without going through a bunch of expensive testing? You know, that that like this is that this is a path for them. Most of our clients we are getting through relationships. I mean, there is no doubt that in our industry, relationships are what really brings in, you know, you can bring in lots of digital leads too. And we, we actually probably bring in more digital leads, but we close more business that's relationship-based. So, um, and that's really great because it puts less pressure on the sales team, you know, to go through like such a long sales cycle with clients. You know, when you bring in a referral, it's pretty much a done deal. There's not a lot of nurturing. There's, you know. Right, because you're, you're, yeah, you're living on borrowed credibility, right? So that's, that's typically how we're getting a lot of clients. A lot, you know, so they're like repeat customers. They're marketing directors that move around companies. Yep. They're people in the verticals that we've served. Um, and then, you know, our second class, I'd say, of referrals are coming through SEO. Uh, so, you know, they're looking at our stuff, they're looking for a certain kind of web company, they're looking local, I'm gonna say local has a lot to do with it. They're looking for a mid-size agency, they're not looking for a small or a large, so they're specifically like looking for that. Um, so we get a lot of that through um, just SEO on its own between my old website, which comes up like number one in Boston for web design, comes on page one, and then like, media web will come up you know on page one for like various terms more like b2b websites or so we've kind of like double dipped on our seo strategy <laughs> yeah yeah you know, hate us or love us but sure. um and then i'd say like you know and then thirdly we're getting ads things we're doing through different types of advertising not yeah. necessarily google ads but other types of advertising Hey, do you like the Kilmer Report? I really hope so because we work hard on it. And if you'd like more content like this, I invite you to subscribe to my Friday Focus email. You get weekly updates about what's on the podcast, what's new in the world of business growth, and honestly, my weekly short video essay about the things that entrepreneurs need to be thinking about right now in order to help them create an extraordinary business in an ordinary world. I hope you'll subscribe at fridayfocus.co. That's fridayfocus.co. You and I are LinkedIn buddies. That's I think that's where we met, and then yeah. we actually we have a bunch of common contacts. But um, uh, but your you know your LinkedIn title is uh, relationship builder. Your headline is a relationship builder, entrepreneur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so so tell me you know. I mean, that's, that's different than a lot of people because most people are like, I am the CEO of this thing that does that thing and come, you know, <laughs> book me now, right? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so tell me, tell me about your, your thought about relationship building. So you just said that most of your, you mean, most of your business comes through 
relationship building, right? Um, so, so how do you think about relationships? How do you develop them? How do you nurture them? Uh, you know, and, and, you know, and t t take me through your philosophy there. So any of my relationships, I don't focus them on business, to be honest. Like I don't go meet with somebody because I think they're going to hire me. So that kind of philosophy is maybe not a non-traditional philosophy that a lot of people wouldn't follow. Over the last seven years, I've basically created these relationships where I'm like the go-to person. Like, I need a photographer, call Lisa, she knows someone need. This, right, you're the I got a you're you're speaker, right. speaker, call Lisa, she'll speak. Like basically I've just become this resource for a lot of people. And um, those relationships don't always, you know, pay off immediately, but they pay off over time. So if you're doing that for a long time, the longer the time goes by, the more and more and more you see that getting paid back to you. And I was telling another agency owner, another like top 10 agency owner in Boston, this story about this is how I do business development. And I was like, you know, I feel like it's not right. And, and he just looked at me and he's like, there's, he's like, you just do you, like, just do you do what you love. So, I mean, the bottom line is I really enjoy people. I actually said on a podcast, like not that long ago, that I was the life of the party. That was my benefit. Yeah, totally. I'm successful. <laughs> and it's true. Like, call me, ask me to go to lunch, ask me to go for a walk, ask me to do anything, you know, and I'm the first person that's there. I'll support you. I'll come to your nonprofit event. And I just think over the years, that's really, you know, paid off for me and, you know, I obviously run the Metro West Women's Network, which has 4,000 women in it. And just that alone, you know, the number of people I know through that. And I have coffee with people. I have no idea who they are when they ask me to go for coffee. But like three people right now that I went for coffee with, like three, you know, a year ago, two were looking for jobs and they just wanted someone to talk to and ask questions to and they just have a resource. Both of them are CMOs now at two different companies, which... I didn't know that when I was going to meet with them. And then, you know, another person as a consultant went out on her own, just sent me a huge referral that could be, but I never met with them for that reason. Right. You know, I was right. just, I know them now. Um, one of the CMOs just hired us for his company. But again, I was like, you don't ever have to hire me. Like we're friends, like, you know, and so that's, that's what I do. And I yeah, do it right, well and, and I get high off it. That's what my business partner told me last night. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you just went to an event. You're high. Like right, it's, it's all, for a it, couple of days. Like, it's it, you're the, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, it's your serotonin is, uh, yeah. It's like, you don't need to do drugs like ever. You just need to go to events. Right. So, know, so, 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 you know, you know, lots of emerging agencies, you know, agencies who haven't sort of figured themselves out yet. Mm -hmm. they're under like an enormous amount of time pressure, right? You know, they're, they're you know, like, they like they, they, their runway is short. They got to make payroll. And so they start thinking like, what can I close today? You know, what can I close this week? And, and, you know, and it might be really difficult for them to sort of, you know, invest the time into, into meetings that are, are, not clearly going somewhere. Um, so how do you manage your time and how do you sort of, how do you, how do you manage that, that dichotomy? Well, so we realized that that role was crucial. Like it didn't matter how I was doing it. So if you don't look at how I bring in leads, if you don't even look at it and say, yeah. how did she do it? Then you look at me and you say, she's bringing in a good chunk of our 
business. Yeah. She's one person that's bringing in probably a third of our business and we just need her to do that because that's business that's like out of our control that we sure. wouldn't get. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter like what my day is because that's my job is to bring in that business. So how I do it doesn't really matter. But then secondly, I do have a role in my company. I do write a lot. Um, so I write a lot. I do a lot of podcasts. Um, I manage a conference. Um, so I do have like those regular job things. Social. I do all of our yep. social media. Um, so, but again, I kind of try to tie that a little bit into the relationship building. So if but I'm doing it, social media, it's kind of more yep. personal. It's, you know... And I do have some resources in the company, so I do have that. So if I need, right, but you, but you were totally removed from the sort of client delivery stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I know a lot of our clients. Oh, sure, of course. So I'll no, with them. <laughs> of course, because that's your job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, Lisa has a huge expense account. Everybody call her. <laughs> like seven more people. It's great. Uh, no, Believe it uh, or not, I spend less money probably than anybody. <laughs> so. Um, so, so I think, so, so now when, at Ladybug, were, were you, did you have the same luxury of being removed from client work? Yeah, I actually had more luxury. <laughs> 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 so um, I just had that running really, really smoothly. Yeah. And I really only had to work four or five hours a day to keep yeah. that running. Um, so, you know, I've, I definitely work a lot harder now at this company than I did. In the beginning, I worked a lot harder at Ladybugs. You know, I was up till midnight, meeting, right. talking to clients. But once I got all the right people on my team, I could pretty much rely on them to do most of the work. So I was basically just bringing in business and doing social media. Right. But the social media I did for Ladybugs and the writing wasn't the amount that I do here now. Yeah, okay. Because I'm writing, like then I was just like basically writing for us. Like now I'm writing for other publications and, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So, and, yeah. you know, writing our, our own stuff. So. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, now, with your, you know, with your position comes, a, you know, a lot of autonomy, right? Um, and and that and and so I'd really love to hear what you do when when you're not uh, when you're not having lunch with somebody that turns into business two years from now, or helping someone find a job or a photographer. So, what, how do you? How else do you occupy your time? Um, so uh, a couple in in June. A week, you know, there's a weekend coming up and I'm like, I'm going to do something fun. So I'm going to like a woman's some conference. Like that's what I do for fun. It's really sad. I actually don't do a lot for fun. <laughs> I do this for fun. So if I have a free night, I go to an event. Like that's what I do for fun. I ski. My daughter okay. races. So I get to the mountain quite a bit. I, I'm a musician, but I don't play anymore much. So I follow my boyfriend around when he's playing. So All right. A little okay. bit of that. Yeah. I mean, I kind of gave and, up. Uh, feel free to give a band plug if you want. What's that? It, feel free to give a band plug if you want. <laughs> well, uh, he's Matt Rimkus Music, but um, he does a lot of just small gigs at bars, and mostly he's like a music director kind of thing at a church, so he does a lot of that. Cool. So, All right. And then, and then you're also involved with your community. And again, I tie that into my job. So everything I do, I sort of tie... I feel like I live this life of 3 Media Web, but that's like my life in general. So if you see me out doing something for 3 Media Web, it's like a threefold thing. It's like a work thing. It's like my own personal development thing or fun, and it's like a community thing. So my work and my life are pretty closely intertwined, believe it or not. So 
everything I kind of do, even community-wise, I always kind of tie that back into my work because that's where I can really make a difference. Like even with the Women's Network, I wanted to do a conference for women uh, last year, and it was like I wanted to bring that into my business. Like I didn't want to just do that through the Women's Network. I want to own a company where I'm making a difference in those things. So I want to empower women through my company, not just through the community. So they're all kind of closely tied together. Um, and it, it just makes, you know, being in business more rewarding. You know, it's more rewarding that I can take my time and go empower women and go do that through 3 Media Web, the brand, and teach them the things that I know as an agency owner and, you know, a professional web designer and marketer for the last 20 years and giving that to them, you know. So the Sales Empowerment Summit is a value-based, you know, conference that we created for our customers, for women. And like this year, we're going to be doing it again in Boston. So it's our goal to always give our audience value, whether it's a customer, whether it's some just someone following our brand or someone that knows me, we always want to be giving value. And you'll hear that a lot in agencies. They want to give value that's in their services, but we just want to give value away. Like we want to create a conference. We want you guys to come. Like we're going to do a boot camp like in April and we're going to have all of our customers. You just come, you just learn. We'll probably give other people tickets. So just give it, give, give them giveaways that are even things that we really, you know, provide to just help them in their jobs every day and help them be more successful, like working with us and, and help them be more successful selling and closing their own deals, you know? Where do you think you're going in the next, you know, I mean, you, you guys have, have just sort of you've merged and how do you now think about growing bigger, better, faster, stronger, if that's, if that's your goal? That is our goal. Um, so we definitely have like a goal in our minds of where we want to go. So originally it was just three people on the leadership team. Now it's five. And just, you know, we had our leadership meeting yesterday. So like in my head, when I think about, oh, this is what I want to do next year, it never real. Like I'm like, yeah, like that's going to happen, you know? And so, but when I get all those leaders together and we all talk out loud about how we're going to get there, it's so much more encouraging because I'm like, wow, I'm not like the only person thinking about this. Like I'm not the only person thinking like we need to hire five people this year. I'm not the only person thinking like, oh, we need to expand the service. So um, building the team has probably always been our number one strategy for growth. Because, And that's a little bit of a risk because it's a build it and they will come sort of model. But for some reason, I think always servicing the customer first and not always thinking about profitability. And, and I mean, we've never really had to think about paycheck to paycheck because we have a pretty huge retainer business. So we don't have those worries of like, if we're going to make payroll, just not really going to happen. Um, even if we lost like 10 clients tomorrow, like we would be able to recover from that pretty quickly. Yep. Um, so I think just planning your business too, so that you don't have to worry about those things, like planning some sort of consistent, you know, making sure your business is coming in making sure you're getting paid on time. And then, you know, you can kind of, manage your growth based on what you know and by just forecasting out where you're going to be next year or what your monthly cash flow is or whatever you can make those decisions for growth i mean i don't think it's that mind-blowing really i think it's no i mean i mean uh you know like the process of of growing your business actually isn't you know isn't complicated actually harder in the beginning i think yeah yeah like the the getting it all set up to to be scalable 
Right. Exactly. So, so talk about talk about your your the way that you, that you, how do you decide when you need a new process? How do you decide uh, you know when your process sucks and, and you got to break it down or you know and and how like what tell me tell me your process around process. I mean, we're a highly processed company, which was another reason I needed to get out because <laughs> I hate process. I mean, I don't mind process like in certain things, but process in my job every day just doesn't work for me. But most of the people here, that really, really works well for them. So we're definitely process-oriented company. With that said, we're always changing processes. So you do have to be open to change, adaptable, you know, all those things. So... Yeah, we're always changing the processes. We're always trying to improve them. We're always trying to create new processes because we realize process has been the recipe for success for us. Um, and the other thing, even having processes for our clients so that they follow processes too. Because if they're not following processes and you are, that just interrupts the whole flow of how the company works. Right. Uh, and you know, and since you are working with, with clients who have a marketing team already, um, and I know that this isn't your, your everyday life, but, you know, clearly there's, there's always going to be sort of a meshing of process because especially mm -hmm. when you start working at scale, one of the key things an agency needs to do is adapt its process so that it flows seamlessly inside of the customer process. Because mm -hmm. if you upset the customer Apple cart, they're going to fire you mm -hmm. right? because if you add friction to their lives, that's not, that's mm -hmm. not. How do you listen to when your process is creaky? Um, I think we just look for, like I can tell, because I can even just tell how people are talking. I'm always in the office too, so I'm like the nosy mother. So anything that's said, anything I hear, anything I feel frustrated, I know there's a problem. Like I, for example, when we were, we go on board the clients and we, you know, get all their information to access all their website and their graphics and like everything. And they would be like emailing us like 50 times, like, here's this, here's that. And like, I just remember hearing like the project managers like, oh, I have to email that person again to get their Facebook and I have to email them again. And I'm like, that was kind of simple. I was sure. like, why don't we just create a checklist and they have to Give like, it client, right? Say, yeah. Like, I need and all it, this stuff, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's a form too. So the checklist is actually online. So they can't submit it until they actually give us everything. So they have to like, they're forced to go online, put all the information in and yeah. then we're done. It's a one shot deal. Right. That right. alone, I mean, probably saved, you know, 10 hours. And then on top of that, like right. frustration with the client, because when you frustrate it right in the beginning, it's like, okay, well, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's empiric evidence that satisfaction during, uh, during the during onboarding uh, uh, means a higher a higher LTV. You know, you, you retain clients longer if they're happier in the beginning. That's yeah, and I think that like as a project or someone doing the job every day, you're so busy doing your job and trying. You don't think about that stuff. So sometimes it almost takes like people on the outside to look and say, "Oh, that process isn't working." Like. Or they're just so frustrated they can't think about how they would fix it, you know? Yeah. But, like, somebody might see how I do something and they're not in this part of the company and they might have a recommendation for me. So I feel like that type of team interactivity is how we improve processes. Cool. All right. So uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, I really want to talk just just briefly about uh, about the ways that you give back to your community because you're you know, like on, on LinkedIn and Facebook, you're very, you're very social about your charitable uh, activities. And I, I, and I really do think that um, as, as we talked about just before the call, that uh, you know, 
people being interesting and human uh, are like the sort of key characteristics that make great a great agency owner. So, uh, so to tell us about the the charitable work that you do. Yeah. So um, one of the first charitable projects we took on was creating the social media dream team for for um, Fresh Start Furniture Bank. Because I'm a believer that if you want to fix the world, if you want to change the world, you need to start at home first. So first way, you know, you change the world is you'd be a good parent. You know, you'd be a good parent to your kids. You'd be a good parent to their friends. You give back that way. So my house is actually the drop-in center of Hudson. There's kids okay. in my house all the time. <laughs> um, and then secondly is, you know, you start in your community. So you volunteer at school. You volunteer for organizations. You know, you do that close to home. Um, and because I can't do school stuff just based on my, you know, calendar and stuff like that, I started working with Fresh Start. I met her actually at a women's network. Uh, so just everyone know, uh, Fresh Start is a, is a place oh, sorry. that, that yeah, collects furniture is, um, uh, and distributed to, to uh, people in need in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in central Massachusetts. Or in, right. Who are vetted through agents. Metro West, right. Metro West, Central Massachusetts, like basically, you know, anywhere in this region. Apple country. Yeah. So, um, so she, I met her at a women's event and they were going to close. Like their landlord had like pulled the, the rug from underneath them and said, you guys need to be out of here by December. So they had to find a new location. So she was trying to raise money, you know, for operations expenses for the next year and to get, you know, to be able to, to rent a new um facilities. So I kind of jumped on. I did a video with them that kind of went viral and really kind of spiraled like the amount of exposure that they had. Yep. So I mean, right now, financially, like that was over a year ago, but you know, the, just the work that we've been doing ongoing, there's been a lot of growth, like in terms of donations, in terms of operations and all that kind of stuff. So it's really exciting to be a part of it. Um, right. So my role is definitely social, social strategy, creating a social team, but I'm actually there you know, volunteering. I bring my kids in to volunteer. I've met some awesome people because I love people. And I just, I don't know, I love that cause. Now I'm starting to look at, you know, other community causes. Um, we're going to be working with like Asabet uh, Regional Technical School and maybe get some interns in here. And, you know, I'm starting to get more involved with um, the, the organization I was with last night at the She for She event. So, you know, I don't want to spread myself too thin, but I do think that, you know, you do need to do those things. Right. And, and you bring your, your professional skills, right? Right. You know, you've brought your, your, your social dream, your social dream team and your, your, your ability as a connector. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the things that, that are driving growth in your agency are also driving community growth, um, you know, and it all sort of, it, it all sort of comes together, uh, you know, it, in a, in a, in a way that's, that's sort of authentic and congruent. Right. And the thing is, is like three media web, like fresh start furniture bank, I wouldn't be able to promote them and do all that stuff if they didn't have a really solid organization. And it's like three media web. Like I know I can go sell somebody a hundred K to 200 K project and feel 100% confident that my team is going to like rock it out of the park. Sure. Like with Fresh Start Furniture Bank, I know those clients come in. I know that operations, I can walk in there anytime and I'm blown away by their operations. Everything's organized. They have solid processes. And this is like a 100% volunteer run organization. So if I didn't feel like they were an efficient, really organization giving back, I wouldn't feel confident doing what I do for them. But because I'm so impressed with everything they do, it's easy. 
and it's easy. And I, people see me, I didn't even know this, but I met this guy on LinkedIn. And then when I was volunteering at the furniture bank, I met him at the furniture bank. But I didn't realize that he started volunteering at the furniture bank. Was following me. LinkedIn. I had no idea. I just thought he already volunteered there. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's great. <laughs> and he just told me this yesterday. I didn't even know. I've been friends with him for like a year. And uh, I was like, I had no idea. So, um, and then, you know, a couple of our clients that are getting involved. I had my son's, one of his friends did it for her DECA project and they got involved. Like all the local businesses are now getting involved. Synergy Wellness is doing stuff for them all the time, which is a wellness woman owned uh, company. So it's exciting to see everybody get excited about that. That's why I kind of feel like I want to kind of help somebody else now because I feel like they have a lot of momentum going and I feel like I'm not even a part of it now. Like. People just jump on. That's Pretty awesome. Cool. That's great. All right. So, uh, Lisa Miller, thank you so much. Uh, the Queen of Connection and Lunch and uh, and charitable events and uh, Three Media Web and uh, uh, you know the the process independent process queen. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really delightful t talking thank to you. you. And uh, for all of you uh, $100 million to $500 million businesses that need custom web development and digital genius, uh, 3 Media Web, they're your folks in beautiful Hudson, Massachusetts. Thanks so much, Lisa. Thank you. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning into the Kilroy Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good.